It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we have Chris Wecht joining the program, friend of the show, as always. Chris, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? So we want to do a quick pod recapping the crazy explosive trade market where the Carolina Panthers have moved from number nine overall to first overall. But before we do, a word from our sponsor. Underdog Fantasy Sports, the 2022 NFL season is over, but the fantasy football season never stops at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft an Underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200 k given to first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join The Big Board, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. In best ball, there are no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season. And whoever has the highest score at the end wins. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, sign up with the promo code FANTASYPTS, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. Oh, and there's more. Sign up using the code FANTASYPTS at Underdog, and you will get a Fantasy Point standard subscription for just 5 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Fantasy PTS. And remember, new Underdog users who sign up using our code get a Fantasy Point subscription for just five bucks. Woo! All right. So, Chris, we had this crazy trade. This When did this break? Was this Friday, Friday night? Yeah, Friday, Friday night. night. Carolina Panthers have moved from ninth overall to first overall. We knew the Bears were going to trade out of this pick, just a matter of when. Do you have the specific trade details, Andy? Yeah, so the Carolina gave up pick number nine and 61 in this year's draft. A first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and receiver DJ Moore. And the Bears just give up the number one pick, and that is it. Nice. So this – my gut reaction here was that the Bears, you know, this is a great deal for them. I love the idea of getting Fields a dude and DJ Moore. And Moore is probably like I just said wike, by the way. <laughs> of like. Moore is probably like one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Yeah, I was I was thinking about like where you where I'd rank him in kind of like a tier. He feels like the a fringe tier two, maybe tier three receiver. If yeah. like the elites are, you know, the Tyree Kills, the Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, and then you've got this other tier of, I don't know, uh, kind of the younger guys like T. Higgins and, and um, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then there's like tier three where it's like good receivers on on bad teams are not great quarterbacks like Terry McLaurin and D.J. Moore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great comp there. Um, yeah, I think D.J. Moore can play, though. I mean, I think he's, yeah. he's a really good player. The, the things he does for your offense, you know, down he does everything. He's a, he attacks all three levels of the field sufficiently. He's a good deep threat. He's a good route runner. And he's pretty good on those gadget type stuff. Um, you know, can make guys miss at a pretty good rate. 
my it's funny i tweeted something about i'm sure you saw the tweet where it was like you know josh allen or the bills got josh allen stefan diggs the eagles got jalen hurts aj brown fields gets dj moore you know there's a there's a blueprint for how to do this and the bears are following it and the pushback i got on that was insane chris <laughs> like people what? don't see the fact that dj moore can help justin fields most of the replies were from vikings fans who are you know admittedly miserable people <laughs> so <laughs> they just can't stomach the bears having a, a potentially good quarterback yeah it's not even the point whether fields is on those guys' level or not or Moore's on the other guys' level or not it doesn't matter it's get your quarterback good weapons and you can't argue that dj Moore is not a massive upgrade for them yeah this is this is what you have to do they're 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 not they're not saying we think fields is good they're saying we're going to give remove all doubts from if fields is good or not and they're going to find out and giving him everything they possibly can to succeed and if it doesn't work out, they'll now have the ammunition to replace him next year or the year after, whenever it is. Yep. I mean, this is this is literally the blueprint that the Eagles did with Hertz. They, you know, they end up going to a Super Bowl, but there's a world where Hertz doesn't take another step. They're in that ten to fifteen draft range, and they've got two first round picks and can move up and draft a guy this year or something. They this is yep. we have. It feels like we haven't really seen it work out to where. Uh, the QB doesn't end up getting substantially better when they're surrounded with weapons. But, I mean, it's bound to happen eventually. Who knows if it'll be Fields. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones might be another one that we'll see if if the Giants surround him with good receivers of and maybe want to work out. Maybe they'll both work out. We just don't know. But this is, this is the path you got to go. There's other examples too, right? I mean, Joe Burrow getting Ch- uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tua getting Tyreek and Waddle. Those yep. guys weren't necessarily on the same struggle bus, though. The reason I use Allen and Hertz specifically is because there was this developmental curve needed for those guys. Mm-hmm. And so getting them that true dog. I do want to point out to you, by the way, for the for the naysayers, that when Stefan Diggs was traded to the Bills, he was not even remotely considered the player he is now. He had, I think he had two 1,000-yard seasons in five years. He was a good player, but he was very similarly thought of as DJ Moore is right now. Like, yeah, there was a, there was a point where like Diggs and Thielen weren't thought of as totally different levels of receivers. Yeah, I would I would even argue Thielen was thought of way higher than Diggs was at that time. Yeah, that's why they were willing to trade Diggs. Um, yeah, I mean, I so I, I do think DJ Moore. There's a chance this is the probably the best quarterback he's going to get a chance to play with in his career. Like there's a chance you see a, a similar spike from both players in fields and more. So Moore's had just a gauntlet of terrible quarterbacks. I was trying to think through when you said, is it the best one that he's played yeah. with? And I was like, all right, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Allen, Holt, was yeah, Kyle, Cam Newton again. Did he play with Cam twice or just once? Twice. Tw- twice on two separate stints. Yep. Kyle Allen, I think was probably the bulk of Moore's catches. Then you had Taylor Heineke in there yep. as well. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. It's it's been a, a litany of just terrible for him. So some stability there could be huge for him. Anyways, let's turn our focus to the draft, which is why this podcast exists. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers now sit with the first overall pick. And Chris, one thing I didn't realize when this trade happened, the reason I, I aired on the side of the Bears winning, but Carolina still has a full draft class coming in. 
because they had all the extra picks from um, San Francisco from the McCaffrey trade. They still have the 40th pick overall. They still have a third round pick. They still have a fourth round pick. Two fourth round picks. Is it two fourth round picks? Yeah, they have theirs and San Francisco's. Yeah, I mean, they're not they're not sitting as poorly as I thought they were. So they're going to be able to give whatever quarterback they take at one overall some help right away. Yeah, they're they're near locks to take a receiver with the fortieth pick in the second round. They, I mean, it's they've got to do something with the receiving room. So and and there's going to be a good group of receivers in that range. They they've got a solid team outside of that. It really is their skill players that that they need to give this young QB, whoever it is, some help with. Yeah, give me. Um, well, I mean, first of all, let's start with this. Which quarterback did you think? Do you think they traded up for? Um, I probably would agree with the betting favorite right now, which is CJ Stroud. But We're, I mean, based off of a YouTube video, by the way. What do you mean? The reason the markets are like that is because Josh McCown was on. Oh, YouTube yes, yes, yeah. Oh, yes. saying he really likes Stroud. This is before he was hired. I also want to point out offensive coordinators don't really have a lot of say in anything when it comes to. Yeah, you're probably right. Thing. But it, so, I mean, it feels like it, it's for sure. Like Stroud. So this could totally change by the time we get it. Just Stroud has, has been probably seen the most hype recently of all the, the big four QBs with the combine and everything. And. It feels like he's the guy. He's the safe pick, you know. Yeah, is so he that, the highest upside? I don't know. What you just said is exactly why I don't think it's Stroud. Yeah, you don't trade from nine to one for safe. You trade from nine to one because you're swinging for the freaking fences. I'm going Anthony Richardson with this pick every time. So you're not changing your latest mock draft? No, and I'm not biased either because I I, I, <laughs> I have Anthony Richardson at a hundred to one to go first overall, and I'm not letting that influence me. I would, I would prefer Stroud is the one QB I don't have a nice line on to, to go first overall. So I would be totally fine if it's not Stroud. Right. So I, ideally they go Richardson here, but I, I don't think Stroud's a bad pick. If they went Stroud, I, those are the two, though, I'm considering. Levis is not even in consideration. Bryce Young, you really got to – I don't think anyone's trading up for 5'10". I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, we've – yeah, I don't think anyone's doing that. So – whether it's Richardson or Stroud, though, I do think they go receiver at 40, like you said. There's a litany of guys there that really fit them. Actually, it doesn't even matter if they fit or not. They, they need so much help. I mean, Josh Downs, you know, keep the Carolina kid there. Um, Rishi Rice. I was going to say, Tyler Rice Scott. might be there. Yeah, Rishi yeah. Rice would be a great pick for them. Tank Dell, even. I just like that quick twitch separation skills from the slot. They just, already have LaVisca Chanel. What are you drafting Nathaniel Dell for? LaVisca Chanel and quick twitch separation skills don't belong in the same sentence. <laughs> LaVisca does things well, for sure, but uh, I don't necessarily need him to... to uh, I don't need an offense with both of them on the, on the same team. <laughs> I'm just thinking of ways to give the rookie QB some easy throws, but I'd be fine with downs there. Uh, Tyler Scott would be really intriguing. I know that's probably a little high for him for where the NFL is probably yeah. valuing him right now, but that would be really intriguing. If they wanted to go with a bigger body guy, Michael Wilson, E.T. Um, Perry, e. Perry, Cedric Tillman, those guys are, are going to be – oh, Marvin Mims would be sick right there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so they're they're in good shape 
regard i mean not good shape like it's it's going to take time it's not like he's going to be dropped in and immediately have a good receiving weapons but they're yeah. not going to be they're not going to have the room that they currently have where it's terrence terrace marshall uh shy smith lavisca chenault and is it richard higgins i think is the other guy that's still there sounds right <laughs> and who's the, and ian thomas at tight or tommy tremble at tight end whichever one they're listing as their starter. I like that you mentioned tight end there because, I mean, this is a new regime. We don't know how they feel about Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. And there's a lot of tight ends in this class. What if one of the top four is sitting there at 40? Do you yeah, that, that might be the best receiving talent, weapon on the board. Right? <laughs> might supersede. Now, barring uh, Washington, I don't think he gives you enough receiving upside to justify taking him over a yeah. receiver when you need a receiver. But yeah. if Musgrave or Mayer or Kincaid or whatever, for whatever reason are there, I mean, geez, they gotta they gotta do that. Yeah, all those guys will—they've scored higher than any of the receivers I just mentioned. So, so, going back to who we think might be the first pick, do you put any? There's been a lot of reports that Carolina likes multiple QBs and is open to trading down now. Do you believe that at all? Yeah, yes and no. I think what they're trying to do is is you know, pull what the Bears were forced into a couple of years ago with Trubisky, where they had traded up one spot to make sure they got their guy. I think they're trying to force Houston to leapfrog that so they can recoup a second round pick or something there. And not lose their guy. Yeah, because they know well everyone knows Houston wants Bryce Young. Right. So I think they're they're floating that like, oh we you know, we like multiple guys. And then I think it'll even pivot to we really like Bryce Young. And then yeah. Houston which I don't understand the strategy. I, if I'm Houston and you really like Bryce Young that much, it's probably worth just you know doing the deal to get up. I wouldn't do it, but if 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 that's how what your evaluation says, then you, you kind of have to. That's that's yeah, I mean, all. What would, I think what would just, it even cost to move one spot zero. from two to? Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. The Bears paid a second to go from third to second to get Trubisky. I think the precedence is there. I don't think Carolina would risk getting leapfrogged by jump dropping back to like three or four or something. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think two is probably the only realistic spot they would drop to. Yeah. Uh, unless they liked – so say they did like Stroud and Richardson and they know the Texans want young, maybe they go back to three. But why would Arizona be trading up the first? Arizona, one? somebody would have to move to Arizona first. Right. So it just – it seems like Houston's really the only team they're targeting with this stuff. But Right. So then, uh, on the flip, all right. So then, on the other side, what does this what does this mean for the Bears? And now having the ninth pick, what type of player do you think they will be available for them there that makes sense? For me, this this offseason is one hundred percent about Justin Fields and making him better, seeing what you have there. So at number nine, I'm now putting JSN on the table. I'm putting Quinton Johnson on the table. I think I do because DJ Moore can play in the slot some. Darnell Mooney can play in the slot some. He played in the slot mostly for them last year. Mooney? Yeah. Yeah. So if they wanted to go Quinton Johnston at nine and you have a receiving core now of Johnston, DJ Moore, and Darnell Mooney, that's. You left out, you left out Chase Claypool. <laughs> Chase Claypool is your, is your rotational guy. I mean, that's a really, it's a really good uh, rotation there. They did also re sign Equinamia St. Brown. So he's kind of locked in probably as that fifth receiver guy. 
slash special teams player. But that's a that's a much better situation for Fields, like light years ahead of where they were last year. Last year was brutal, man. So, um, yeah, I, I I would go that direction. The other option is because this is a deep wide receiver class, you could probably go O lineman there, like a Peter Skaronsky. That's what I want them to do is take an yeah. O lineman. Yeah, they, they need- I mean they've they've got very little talent on that offensive line. Fields yeah. was he was one of the most pressured QBs last year. Part, you know, sometimes it was his own fault because he moves around a lot, but it was not pretty. Yeah, he. The thing with Chicago is they they have so much cap space. They're rumored to be tied to Orlando Brown Jr., so they could plug left tackle like right away with that. So Scaranzi makes perfect sense then because he could play guard or right tackle. Well, didn't they draft a tackle last year? Yeah, he, he played left tackle for them, but he's a fifth round pick. I don't think they're they're not like pot committed with him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, their first round pick from two years ago, is playing right guard now. So they they could use Skronsky at left guard or right tackle. I mean, yeah, he feels like a slam dunk pick for them there, just because of how versatile he is, and just you know they can figure out their they can still well we'll know what happens in free agency before we get to the draft. So even if they do sign a Orlando Brown, they can adjust. But yeah. whatever happens in free agency, they you know. He he'll be able to fit somewhere on that offensive line. Paris Johnson's a good fit too, though. I mean, he he's a two year starter at guard and then played tackle last year very well. So I mean, either one of those guys gives them the flexibility they need to be uh, the best versions of themselves. Yeah, they're so, gonna. So yeah, they're gonna be they're in a good spot to say the least. Yeah, and if the thing too is if they really want, say they feel say they do sign Orlando Brown Jr. and they feel good at tackle because maybe that. Who was the guy they drafted last year? Fifth round pick. I can't remember. Well, I'm blanking on his name for whatever reason. But I mean, he could be your your rotational guy, or he could play right tackle, and then you could go. You could get an interior offensive lineman at pick fifty four, pick sixty two. The Bears have three picks in like a ten pick span at the end of the second round. They have fifty four, sixty two, and sixty five. They're going to, and they'll all be good players there. Yeah, but that's a really nice range to draft players. Do you think they add to the, you know, like I know you already mentioned they may take a receiver at, at nine. Do they potentially do that later in the draft after taking an offensive lineman? I mean, they're still going to, like we were just talking about with the Panthers, there's going to be receivers in the second round. Yeah, that's a great way of doing it. I mean, Looking at my my scores on my sheet, um, Parker Washington would be a guy maybe end of the second round, early third. They could get Jaden Reed, even Marvin Mims. I don't know how the NFL is going to value him. I don't understand how this guy's not a consensus top 50 pick, honestly. But Tyler Scott, another one. You know, I think I'm higher on him than the NFL probably is. So these these are all candidates. Charlie Jones, I know, is a guy you like. I, I'm considering him with that third round pick at 65. Yeah, Nakua, There's a there's a ton of John Mingo. Like there's a ton of receivers in that range. So to your point, I think Skaronsky or Paris Johnson at nine probably makes the most sense. But giving Fields, Jackson Smith, and Jigba kind of just feels nice. <laughs> you know, that's although yeah, they don't really have any overlap. I mean, yeah. I mean, they'll find out. I mean, if Fields can't make it work with, if it was him, Mooney, and DJ Moore, I mean, Cole Komet. Cole Komet. 
they're going to have to draft a running back at some point. I don't think Montgomery comes back and they definitely like Khalil Herbert, but we talk about all the time that, you know, super late round running backs tend to get replaced pretty easily. Uh, he was a fifth round pick, if I remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they could, you know, there, there's going to be plenty of running backs in that back of the second round that they may like. I mean, the, this Bears team should be so significantly better than it was this past year. Yeah. Real quick, I, I tweeted a the get Justin Wright plan. I just did a quick mock draft in the PFF mock draft simulator. Tell me what you think of this haul. Number nine, I went Jackson Smith and Jigba. 54, I went Luke Weibler, center from Ohio State. He is a early second grade for me, and I got him at 54, so I was very happy with that. 61 was Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa, to pair with Cole Komet. Laporta's more of a move slot weapon. Pick 64, so third round pick, 64 there. Blake Freeland, tackle from BYU. And then uh, that was a freak athlete. He tested amazingly at the Combine, so he's a de- more of a developmental tackle, but he could be very good. And then pick 66, I went Zach Charbonnet. If, if you dropped... If- if you drop Patrick Mahomes on this offense, they'd win the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I'm saying so. We just gotta we just gotta figure out what we have in Mahomes and or in, in fields. <laughs> did I say Mahomes? Yeah, we know what we have in Mahomes. You tricked me. That is that is that is nuts. I mean, yeah. You if you want to talk about figure out what your QB is, that would be a way to do it. There would uh, be zero doubts. And and throw a big contract with Orlando Brown Jr. Just throw. <laughs> everything on the table because honestly it, until you know what you have in fields your def- it doesn't matter what you put on defense i'm sorry like just no it doesn't really matter just forsake it for for finding out how good fields is and if it, everything hits and then he turns into a, a great player then that makes playing defense a lot easier because you're yeah. all the time yeah they're scoring. not gonna yeah they are definitely not going to do that draft plan no. to the no. <laughs> but but they should is, they could Yes, they could. So then what does this do? What do you think this does to kind of the draft order as a whole? Do it like, are we, what does Indianapolis do right now? What does the Raiders do right now? And are they now like, oh man, like we have to do something. Do you think they try to stay pat where they are and just take whatever falls to them? The Raiders are going to have to really feel good about their intelligence collecting. Because Carolina's taking a quarterback, Houston's taking quarterback. You're assuming Indy's taking quarterback. And so Vegas needs information on three levels. They need to know who those three quarterbacks going ahead of them are likely to be. And they need to know if Seattle or Detroit's considering a quarterback. So no, this that's is a whole other layer. Yeah. A whole layer there. So that's complicated. If I'm Las Vegas and I am looking at this situation going, man, I only really like one of these guys or two of these guys. I got to get to three. You know, I got to get to three overall. So I think you could see a trade there because they're going to have to get ahead of Seattle or Detroit, presumably. Or not, I guess I shouldn't say presumably, but there's a chance they have to get ahead of those guys. And they might have to get ahead of Indianapolis as well to get the guy that they want. So, And I mean, you saying that they have to know that it has to put a little bit of fear into Indy as well of do we need to move up a spot or something or or like maybe two with Chicago or something like who knows. And, and just make sure that we get a guy that we like. 
Because if yep. they get leapfrogged by any of those Seattle, Detroit, uh, or Vegas to three, yep. now they're taking whatever the fourth guy is on their list or no QB at all. Or Atlanta. Atlanta's in play too. True. Atlanta is also in play. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because <laughs> you could be like Seattle and get your your pick between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. I mean, that's that's wild. Yeah. I don't think yeah, Detroit Eric- Carter – but I do think they would take Anderson. Yeah. Arizona now, I mean, they have, they're kind of in a spot that the bears were just in like to, it feels like they should definitely be on the phone with teams to looking to move back. Cause why not? I mean, mm-hmm. at, you know, it might be one spot to Indy. It could be to five or six. It could be to eight, seven or eight. And they would still, you know, maybe they miss out on Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, but they're still going to get a good player there. For sure, and then if you can get a haul with it, a team they're they're a team that needs some some fresh young talent as well. Yep. All right let's let's talk quickly about the Jalen Ramsey trade. It doesn't have a ton of draft implications, but it has some. Uh, Ramsey gets traded to the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick and Hunter Long, which is a throw in. Honestly, sorry, Derek Brown. But Hunter Long is not that dude. Uh, <laughs> Miami now has what one pick in the top? I mean, what eighty-five? Oh, they, yeah, they've. Oh, they do have a second-round pick still. They have a second-round pick and a third-round pick, but only four picks total, with only six and seven after that. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're sitting in an interesting position. I I kind of evaluated this trade as. They felt like they needed first round talent to get better and they didn't have a first round pick. So they got a first round pick or first round talent for a third round pick. Yeah, they're going to have to pay him, but it, it was a pathway to getting better. Now, I don't know that they should be the team going full LA Rams because I don't think they're there. But well, the Rams did it with Jared Goff. I mean, they could certainly do it with Tua. Goff is better than Tua's. Especially that they, they have their own issues. I mean, Goff definitely does things better than Tua for sure. I mean, honestly, they're they're decently similar players in their skill sets. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Gen- general lack of mobility. They're both pretty accurate throw. I mean, very accurate passers. Not a ton of oomph to push the ball down the field on, in time. So, although Goff has a much better arm than Tua, but yeah, Goff's got a can throw a deep ball for sure. Yeah, it is. It is their track is similar. Just Tua has all the injury stuff though as well. That's yeah, for sure. They just don't seem like they're in position to push the cart forward the way they are. I mean, Tua's going to be playing on a fifth year option. What if he's not healthy next year? Like you're you put all your eggs in a in a win now bucket and you don't even might not even have a quarterback. I mean, yeah, this is this is the opposite of what the Bears are doing. You know, they're they're well. They're both trying to surround their young QB with talent. Except now the Bears have loads of picks to replace him if if it doesn't work out. And Miami is not going to be able to do that. If you remember, Miami they were the king of draft capital for a while. Yeah, every year they were trading back and trading back and collecting all these extra firsts. I mean, they had three first round picks one year. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil got them a bunch of picks from Houston, right? Yep. Yep, and then they did the trade with San Francisco to get more. Yeah, you know, for the Trey Lance deal or whatever. So I mean, they 
they've completely flipped. Now they've gone from we're stockpiling draft capital to we don't want any draft capital. (laughs) It is what it is. But the other draft implication, Chris, that's a little underrated and no one's really talking about is Detroit was the other big landing spot for Ramsey. They were the other team that was connected to him throughout the process. You had at least five Detroit Lion players actively lobbying Ramsey to come to Detroit on Twitter. And Brad Holmes obviously has a connection to Ramsey from his time in L.A. Detroit desperately needs an upgrade at cornerback. So it's like, you know, they're sitting there at six and everyone's been mocking them QB or sorry, CB consistently. That's almost feels like a lock now, right? Like if they didn't get Ramsey, I guess they could go sign Jamel Dean or something crazy, but I don't see them doing that. I see them maybe going for a, a lower key free agent and then also adding a rookie at six. Yeah, if they don't add a bigger name corner in free agency, like a Jamel Dean, James Bradbury, or something like that, uh, they yeah, I'd say they have to do something at corner. They cannot continue to go into a season with the same uh, secondary talent that they've had the past two years. Right. I think the the guy they're going to go after is Cam Sutton. By the way. Yeah, I wonder what he will cost relative to the the other the bigger name guys. He's going to be a little cheaper, more in their free agency wheelhouse. Brad Holmes, I don't think he's a guy who likes to to go after the top dudes. And then he also can play inside or out, and they love that versatility because Akuda's the same way. So they they like to play matchups, and so if they can play matchups and have guys shadow, that's nice. I I think he probably fits what they're looking to do better than. Um, uh, Bradbury or some of the other guys. Now, Jamel Dean is the exception because he is a great press man corner. He can be physical to line of scrimmage, and they play a lot of press man. So, you know, I just don't see them breaking the bank for him. But regardless of that, I do think Detroit is fully in the market for CB now at six with Ramsey getting traded to the Dolphins. What do you think that the trade means for the corner market as a whole, both free agents, players on teams, and just dry, like as corner being – I mean, that sounds like a steal to get Ramsey. Obviously, you have to pay him, but it cost them – you know, it didn't cost them much at all. Are corners being well, overvalued, undervalued? No, that's because the age. He's going to be 30 next year. And then he was also demanding an extension. So he, he got an extra year and like an extra $25 million in guaranteed money put on his deal. So his cap hit the next three years is going to be 22 to 24 million. That's expensive. I, if I'm Jamel Dean, I'm excited. Like, oh, thank you, Jalen. That was brilliant negotiating on your part. Now I'm going to go collect the bag. So, <laughs> so, then, so you're saying teams are willing to still go after a corner. So we may see a run on corners in the first round that, you know, maybe there's an extra guy or two that currently we're not usually being mocked in the first round. Yeah, possibly. The the issue this year is there's like a collection of 10 guys. I actually, I think mm-hmm. I, I I scraped this data last week. There's 10 different cornerbacks being mocked in the first round by all the different sources. Really? That's way more. Than the, I can't even think of who the 10 are off the top of my head. I know the obvious ones. Dang it. Now you're, now you're testing me. So it's me. Gonzalez and Witherspoon's are, are locks. Joey Porter is a lock. Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Porter, Banks, Cam Smith, Emmanuel Banks. Ford. Clark Phillips, uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, uh, Keely mm. Ringo. Yeah. Uh, DJ Turner now is getting first round mock because he ran a 4 2 something 40. Is he a first round player? No. <laughs> <laughs> but did he run a 4 2 something 40? Yes. And we see this all the time. Eric Stokes a couple years ago 
was not did not have the cleanest college shape in the world goes to the combine scorches a four two five forty or whatever it was gets drafted in the first round by the Packers. It happens, and he, he's probably been better than I thought he would be. To be quite fair, so um, it happens. But yeah, that, so I think I counted nine actually, not ten. Right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, no, ten. That's a that lot. Is, Ringo's the tenth. Ringo's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, so that's over. That was over the last sixty days. Ten different corners have been mocked in the first round so to your point chris i don't know that it means we'll get an extra one but i do think maybe in the top 50 you see those 10 guys go which Which would be be a lot that'd be yeah that's a lot 50 picks yeah so yep um any other implications with that trade probably not really right not really draft later. We'll see. So there was a report that Darius Slay might be seeking a trade from the Eagles. We'll see what that if, if this trade influences that at all. And it's for I mean, he's got even a bigger salary than Ramsey, I think, uh currently. Yeah. So like a twenty six million dollar hit. Although if he got traded, I think the Eagles eat some of that. So I don't know if they can. <laughs> well, I don't there I don't think there's a, a, a legal workaround. I think they have to. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Slate wouldn't cost his next team $26 million on the cap this year is what I'm saying. Yes, yes. I'm saying they're not going to – I don't think they'll purposely take more money off the table for whoever trades for them. True. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if that this trade Im- impacts that at all. I mean, not looking great for my Eagles to <laughs> to roll back any kind of the same team that they just did this year. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. It's the price you pay for a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris, let's get out of here. We did it. We'll be back. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. I have the guest lineup this week is actually kind of insane. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx myself, but we have Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network coming. We have Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros. We have Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus. And then we have Lance Zerline at the end of the week. There's a chance he bumps to the beginning of next week, though, so I don't want to jinx myself. But this is a star-studded guest lineup for this week. You are officially in the presence of greatness. And with that, we are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 